and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It's the Brad and Brit cast. It's our last one for this week. We'll try to make it a good one. <laughs> no promise. I'm not going to promise. No. I don't see the future. No. But you're not going to see the next 45 minutes. Don't know whether that's going to work out. No idea. Hey, uh, uh, one of my... Uh, one of my choices for you today, Britt, is calling out Fox on Fox just to listen to him squirm. <laughs> Ready? Ready. All right. Let me identify the persons speaking here. Uh, this would be a Democratic, liberal progressive political consultant her name is uh, crystal knight she if uh, strom thurmond saw her yeah he would not be able to be restrained i'll just say that <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say that's all yeah. i'm gonna say and so she's on with uh harris faulkner the uh, midday anchor on uh fox news also strong approved also strom approved and charles hurt writer i think he's i don't know who he writes for something one of those things okay uh so it's kind of, i don't have to, to set it up anything beyond that so just uh, uh sit back and enjoy it's about a minute minute and a half and she gets into it and then uh, listen to to how they try to uh play the equivalent of the old larry king i can't hear the caller or <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about right here it comes well, I think it's interesting that Elon Musk thinks that the Democratic Party is the party of hate when the Republican Party produced a failed insurrection on James. Yeah, well, and, and she's making that comment because Elon Musk in the last 24 hours has declared his love for the Republican Party because the Democratic Party, he has decided, is the party of division and hate, as opposed to the party of unity and love, which we know that the Republicans are. That, that's sure. just the background of her saying that, okay? Six. This is also the party um, that, you know, has supported the big lie. We also have, see that Greg Lockdown in Tennessee has been preaching an anti-democratic rhetoric in the name of religion because he doesn't like Democrats. We also have to remember the great replacement theory that has been spewed on this network alone yeah. and the Buffalo shooter reference that these are all remnants of the, of the Republican Party. Go. That's the party of hate. We're going to let them adjudicate that case without us commenting on it. And you can have your opinion about whatever it is. I'm going to go to Charlie for a rebuttal. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, the idea of taking a horrible, horrible, unthinkable tragedy yeah. like what we saw in Buffalo, New York, and trying to advance a political uh, partisan political agenda oh, off terrible. of it is just beyond reprehensible to me. Oh, it's terrible. That'll take care of all of what you said, Crystal, but it was great I to have I you I don't vote. think so, but thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, was that delightful? Was that great? <laughs> it's too soon it's too soon to talk about about it it's just too yeah. soon I, I didn't even play with too soon they played the uh why are you politicizing a terrible event right yeah and uh we need to wait for the judicial process to to play out because well, you know, yeah. there is a chance that they got they caught the wrong guy uh he might not be guilty well i certainly think her her remarks yeah. are going to have a lot of impact on this case so they have to be really careful <laughs> uh, and, and by the way that was very nice uh 
you will uh, you will appreciate because you got to hear Miss Knight's last appearance ever on Fox News. Uh, you saw, you saw and, and rightfully graphic. so, by the way. You saw that graphic when they did the big Tucker Carlson thing, the big uh, expose on on uh, New, on the New York Times a few weeks ago, when they had the graphic of how many differing opinions were able to come on his show, and they would just light them up based on you know the calendar, and it got like <laughs> very few lights there toward the end. It was really it was really pretty interesting. Sure, because over time, over time, people, uh, if they're not completely in the tank and on the payroll, will reveal their true selves and will speak some version of the truth, which that's not what they're looking for. You know, they're yeah. looking, they're looking for uh, for for suck ups there. I I just thought that was a that was a nice little tee shot off the first. It was off the first uh, uh, tee there for uh, for our little little tour today here it's a little moose bouche um, for you yeah 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 uh what else is on the list here uh dude where's my mail why is gas so damn expensive and new entry into a uh, biggest asshole member of uh congress and it's always a, a rotating it's a rotating pack so so it's dude where's my mail why is gas so damn expensive for real? And uh, new entrant into the uh, Hall of Fame of Republican assholes growing day by day. Let's do that one. Let's talk about big assholes in uh, the Republican Party. Mm. Never tire of it. Uh, yeah, I'm, it, it, you never tire of it. We're, we're talking about um, Republican Congressman Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson of Louisiana. Now, you, you may recall Johnson from uh, the impeachment hearings. Uh-huh. And he was just a he was just a complete dick during uh-huh. the impeachment hearings. And uh, just so you didn't think that that was an outlier moment of behavior by him, they had some hearings on Wednesday. Um in the House Judiciary Committee uh, about access to reproductive services, uh-huh. reproductive services, in other words, abortion services and contraception services. So the woman who has been questioned by Representative Johnson, her name is Dr. Yashika Robinson. She's black and she is a board member of Physicians for reproductive health and we know what they're all about Mm -hmm. so i'm going to now uh, play both sides of the conversation here in my own voice i'll start being representative johnson do you support the right of a woman who is just seconds away from birthing a healthy child to have an abortion dr robinson i think that the question you're asking does not realistically reflect abortion care so she politely was saying, fuck you, no one gets an abortion 10 seconds before they're about to give birth. Correct. Because he's asked this hypothetical prick-ass question, Dr. Robinson. I won't entertain theoretical, and then he interrupts her. It's not a theoretical, ma'am. You're a medical doctor. Dr. Robinson says, I am a medical doctor. That has never happened, and he interrupts her again. It's just never happened in your practice, ma'am. 
but it happens. How about if a child is halfway out of the birth canal? Is an abortion possible then? Dr. Robinson says, I can't even fathom that ever happening. Representative Johnson says, I'm not asking if you can fathom that. If it occurred, would you support that abortion or not? That is unrestricted abortion, right? Dr. Robinson, I can't imagine, just like you probably can't imagine what you'd do if your daughter was raped. If it hasn't happened, it may be difficult. And he interrupts again. You're not going to answer the question. How about this one? How does one qualify as human? What makes a human being? God. And on and on it goes. Johnson says, a newborn child, a newborn child lacks immediate capacity to make conscious delivery choices. Is infanticide okay? Dr. Robinson says, I think we're here to talk about abortion care. (laughs) What we're describing is something that's already illegal, and there are laws for that. So I'm not a proponent. He interrupts again. If Dobbs, that's the the, uh, Supreme Court case that will be decided and could knock out Roe versus Wade. It's just called for shorthand Dobbs. If that was handed down, the states will be able to make that decision. If And there are some that will go that far. You need to be aware of what we're talking about today. So that's about, I guess, scoring points for the home team, right? Because when you talk about a woman being given the, the choice with her doctor on the abortion issue, issue which is uh, largely intact under the idea of Roe versus Wade with restrictions, including, no, you, you, you can't get an abortion anywhere five minutes before birth, but you have to bring up these radical, completely outside the, the uh, realm of plausibility or possibility or ever having had it happen ability in the history of the world to, to make your point with the uh, no abortions anytime, anywhere, all the time, which is, I don't know whether Louisiana is one of those states where they're trying to pass that shit. Mm. They have a Democratic governor um, who who would veto, but uh, if Louisiana doesn't have one of those laws, and now he's a U.S. congressman, he doesn't make the laws in the state of Louisiana, but um, if they if they do have that, if they don't have that going on in Louisiana, they may as well have. They're close enough for me to all the other states that are doing it. Um, that's pretty nasty shit, though. You want to talk, and, and I, I'm sorry, I mean, and you can read the, between the lines as much as I can. He is so condescending to her. He is so condescending to her. He has no idea about the practice. He has no idea what he's talking about. He has no idea about reproduction at all, and he has no idea what he, she does. You are a medical doctor, ma'am. <laughs> Fuck you. You're an asshole, sir. Sir. God. I thought when you were talking about the biggest asshole in Congress, we were going to talk, have another discussion about how Tom Massey of Kentucky did this. They were voting. Oh, what's he up to? I, I, what is, what's he doing? There was a non-buying resolution uh, denouncing anti-Semitism. He was the one lone no vote. It was a 499 to 1. <laughs> He's the one guy. This is... And I just want to, I want you to be, it's one of those non-binding resolutions. This is what he voted against. This resolution called on elected officials, faith leaders, and civil society leaders to condemn all forms of anti-Semitism. It urged elected officials to condemn all denial 
and distortions of the Holocaust and promote education about the Holocaust and anti-Semitism. It called for the U.S. Uh, to intensify cooperation with other governments to fight global anti-Semitism. On, on. This is what he voted against. He's the one no vote. Well, you know, <laughs> there, there, there could be a time when you might want to have anti-Semitism. Uh, <laughs> I gotta I give him like, that. I would like to have that tool in the shed, and I don't want anybody to take it away from me. It's just not fair. <laughs> it's funny, you know. While you were talking, I just googled his name. Yeah, I didn't put anything, uh, and so there's nothing about that because it's uh, the first story that comes up. It says he does have a big lead in his uh, primary. Yeah, so did that. they have? Uh, did they have a vote in? Uh, in Kentucky on Tuesday, did were, were they? I don't think they were. I don't think they've they've done. I, I don't think they did it on Tuesday. They may have done it before. I heard he got like yeah. a huge number, like a huge percentage, yeah, seventy or seventy five or something like that. They, it's Jewish American. I guess he represents his people well in Kentucky. I don't know. I mean, he's a, he's a nut. He's a complete nut. It's Jewish American Heritage Month, by the way. And I also think he was one of the. I think he was one of the, the nine Republicans who voted against the baby formula bill. <laughs> Uh, he vote. It was one of three to vote against the resolution supporting Ukraine. Also, so he's he's not he's not <laughs> for Ukraine, and he's not for the Jews. Um, I guess he's probably on the Russian side, where they're there to clean out the Nazis, right? Yeah, I guess. There maybe a, not. Maybe there, he's on the Nazi side. They voted on a bill bill that would let poor women like it would expedite them getting um, formula for their babies because you know it's been a problem. And he voted against it. Was all your favorites? I think Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert. It was all the biggest assholes voting for some reason. Because once you get to that fourth trimester, they just don't give a shit. They're they're done with you at that point. <laughs> You're just completely hate to hate to top you, buddy. But uh, he also voted against the anti lynching bill. Yeah. You know, yeah, there, there hasn't been there hasn't been federal anti lynching legislation yeah. at all ever like since the Civil War. They can't seem to get it passed. They finally Correct. got it passed. Right? He he, he was he was uh, pro choice on lynching. Well, so we do. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I think the jury's still out on the whole lynching. I got I got to tell you. Why are we Why are we just throwing the baby out with the bathwater on that one? You never know. You just don't know. You never know. God, God Almighty, is there anything going to be anything like less controversial than? Uh, <laughs> I think here's a resolution in favor of breathing air. Fuck you. No, I'm voting no, and I'm getting out of here. <laughs> he's a, there's some pretty big assholes, and he's got to be one of them. He's got to be the big one. Hmm. No. Oh, that's good shit, though, pal. All right. Hey. Uh, uh... You know, we we have this uh, car. Mm-hmm. It's a 2009 Hyundai Elantra. It's a good car. Yeah. And my wife loves it. And she likes it because it it it's not an electronic car. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's not full of chips. The, it has a, a shift that you just shift it. Okay. Wow. It's got, you know, little dials you turn to change the station. She likes that. Okay. Nice. She's not anti techno, but she just likes the car and it's got low mileage and it, it runs fine until a few days ago when the oh. air conditioning finally went kaput. It'd been fading. So I took it in today 
You ready? It's the full Monty. The full Monty. You want to play high-low on how much it is to, you know, condenser, the, you know, the, the, the compressor, the whole, the whole thing. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, it's 13 years old. Never right. had a problem with it. You uh, want to play high-low on that one? $800. You're low. $1,200? $1,300, baby. Now, I said, the guy says to me on the phone, you know, how much it is. And I said, oh, sh-. I said, oh, shit, we're, we're almost in the fuck it, let's get a new car category. Yeah. But then I thought, no, we're not. No, we're not. Mm-mm. So, you're, so you're, you mean the car is only worth X amount of dollars, right? Well, well, first of all, if you if you got rid of the car now, they would notice there's no air conditioning, yeah. right? Yeah, and they're, they're going to get on that. They're, they're going to be on that. They would notice that. So you're going to yeah. get tagged for, for a lower value just based on that. And it's a fairly low mileage car for for its age so i say you know what let's eat it let's eat it let's do it shit there let's you go do it. good for you but uh man stuff is uh stuff is expensive Brent, have you noticed how how high the price of gas is these days have you I'm heard not, about this I, I haven't noticed anything about it is it pretty high is it up there it's it, it it really is um when i drove by today what's it? it's it's a 439 it's yeah. four thirty nine when yeah. I drive by, um, and that's this is this is tough stuff. And I, I I don't think it's that complex of an issue as to why. And I, um, I'm loath to say things that could be uh, taken out of context and and used on Fox News against me, and on behalf of conservatives. But when the when the Democrats in the House pass legislation against gouging by big oil, that's not what it is. I mean, they're, they're not gouging. They suck, but they're not gouging. They didn't decide, oh, this is a great time to just double the price of, of gasoline. Um, they made these decisions years ago. By the way, under the great driller, Donald Trump, who was the president at the time and didn't jawbone them and say, this is probably not a good idea. But when the price of oil was way down there, remember, it went negative for a while mm-hmm. during Trump's. It was actually they were paying people to haul the shit away. There was so much of it. So the drillers and the oil companies got together and said, well, we're not going to spend any more money now to keep pulling out more oil from new wells. And we're not going to continue to drill because that costs billions. And that's money that's going to be taken away from our shareholders and from the bottom line of our companies right now. And there's plenty of oil. So we're not going to go try to get more. And this was during the Trump administration. Let me repeat that 50 times. This is during the Trump administration. And as you know, these are decisions that don't change everything instantly. They take a few years for you to feel what happened. So lucky Joe Biden. Yeah, here he is. He's the president. And what's the narrative now? The price of gas is high because Joe Biden stopped American oil companies and drillers from uh, keeping us energy independent, making us more energy independent because he wants to force everyone to drive electric cars. Do I have that narrative right? Isn't that about it? 
there, there's a, a lot little... of that. And then he's uh, they they pulled back on the leases from Alaska. And oh my right. God, well, why did you do right. that? Right, yeah. exactly. Right, if, right. Because instantly there'd be tons of oil just washing yeah. all over everybody if Joe Biden wasn't Joe Biden. Well, they pay they pay to take the gas away at that point. Right. At, but as always, it, the facts certainly don't matter. The, the politics are just impossible for Democrats and for Joe Biden to talk his way out of. So the answer is pass legislation if you can, which, of course, won't get passed because it's not going to pass in the Senate. You know, passed uh, a 217 to something in the in the House, which is barely barely enough to get that through so you know it's not going to pass in the senate so it's going to go nowhere so it's symbolic it's symbolic bullshit and you know, democrats are just as good at that as republicans so that's what you have here it doesn't address the problem which of course can only be addressed by a reduction in our demand for gasoline which will then cause more supply and prices to come down. But of course, they never come down as quickly as they go up. We know that story. But that's why gasoline is so damn high. Does that explain why it seems to be going higher right now? Almost that that doesn't seem to make sense. And that may give some legitimacy to the idea. Are they raising just because they can? Um, because you know there's there's but then i guess we're, we're we get to play the well we're heading into summer driving season oh yeah we switched over to formula cliches if we switch over to summer blend yeah. formula yeah all that yeah. right everything yeah yeah what brit we haven't even done that yet no that hasn't even happened, it's coming so I was I'm yeah. i'm listening to this book about watergate there was a good book that kind of did some new stuff about the watergate um that came out last year and they noted, you know, there was a lot of inflation uh, between 73 and 75. And they actually had uh, cabinet officials in the Nixon administration telling the American people, you know what you should do to stretch your dollars? Eat more beef liver and brains. That'll stretch your dollar out a little bit more. <laughs> this was actual advice that was given from cabinet I, members to I, the American I don't, people. I don't recall. Yeah. Is that the old one guy said at one time. Well, no, so it was like a, it was like a secretary. Of, no, it was like a secretary of agriculture, whoever it was oh, back fucking, then. You talking about fucking Earl Butts? It was. They were. They were. They were oh, saying. Oh, things oh, like but, this. No, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to, to put Earl Butts into a book no. now. Yeah, at, at any level. Yeah, you are. It's a cabinet official. Like, if, can you imagine somebody like yeah, Kamala Harris comes on? And she goes, you know, you guys should eat some of the less popular cuts of beef. If you could eat like the, if you could eat like the spine, that'll stretch the dollar out a little bit. Well, but they see, the, the fact is people do that on their own. They are yeah. trading down. Yeah, but Here, here's the, this, this one This one stuns me. Here's something equivalent to that that stuns me right now. Is there anything more tedious than you open up your your uh, your, your your Google or whatever news and, uh, and you see five ways to save money oh, right now at oh, the grocery store, I'm right? And, and I, right? Right in the top five every time. As if they've just discovered gold in California, and it's 1849. Ready? Generic brands can save you money. Wait a minute. Yes, yes. Did you know that? And, and the, well, I, I want to just kill myself. I just want to kill myself because obviously, you know, you know those, those poor people in Buffalo who are shopping at Tops. 
it's a largely black neighborhood. They were probably always buying brand name stuff. Yeah, that's, that's why the they're problem. poor. If if they that's were drunk. If everybody starts going for the skirt steak, doesn't that bring the demand of the skirt steak up and they raise the price? <laughs> I'm just saying, if we all just start gravitating toward like skirt steak and shit. <laughs> no, those- it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter since there's only four companies that, that produce all the beef. That's pretty the much. That's a deal. They got, you, they got you coming and going. So it's it's almost as oh you know the. <laughs> The ways to save gas, you know, get the stuff out of your trunk and, you know, only only fill up you oh, know, Brit, Brit, at 7 o'clock at me, night. Let me tell you something. You're, you're, you're a younger guy than me. You don't know this. Yeah. Let me tell you how to save gas. Do more than one thing on each trip. Make make the trip. <laughs> like, do several things. So if I'm running to the drugstore and then I have to run to the – I was thinking about running to the grocery store later. Yes. I should do both of those in one trip. Combine those; they'll help you save know. gas. And by the way, no jackrabbit starts after a red light. Okay? Jackrabbit starts. <laughs> what about my tire pressure? I don't know. I don't know. Is is my yeah, tire pressure? That. Make sure. Make sure does that, that factor that's, uh... into that at all. I mean, is that? And by the way, Britt, if you're using premium gas, yeah, you probably don't have to. You're a big dumbass. Okay? You're a huge dumbass right. if you're still so using. Don't premium do that. Gas. You're you're spending more money on on gasoline than you you need. It's, it's like we are, we are in a, a large version of Bill Murray's Groundhog Day, where the same things just come up over and over again. I remember, to the, the I, remember I, got a, I got a blood draw at the doctor a couple of years ago. They were like, wait, your, your sodium's low. Why don't you just like once a day just have like a handful of chips or something? That's what the, that's what the, that's what the nurse's uh, solution was. I, mean, I should probably have a handful of chips because you know, they tend to be pretty salty. Really? You think that's what it is? <laughs> like when I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, huh, you might want to think about losing some weight. Hold the phone. Wait a minute. You think my obesity has something to do with this? I didn't know that. Hmm. Why did they tell you these things? Hey, the guy still won on Jeopardy again. Oh, did he? The big guy. Yeah, yeah four in a row. Yeah, four in a row. He's he's closed in on a hundred grand. I, I love uh, this guy. He got, he's he's worked for one of the best, one of the worst companies in America. He deserves a break. I mean, Uber is just an evil, awful. Yeah, it, they introduce him as a, he's a he's a ride sharing driver. Um, driver. Yeah. Well, he, he probably does. Ride. He probably does both, or he probably does more than one. Everybody who was smart, you, you kept both of those apps open. You just went for whatever whatever was working. Dude, where's my mail? Wow. I love this. This is uh this is this is great shit. Uh I, I don't know how I how I found this one. This is on the uh the Fox eight WGHP website. Some fucking mail guy was just trashing the mail, just throwing it out, just dumping it. Just, just, just dumping it. Um, it's just, it's just the best. <laughs> you get one and of these. Is so what, what, now, wasn't that the accusation on, on Seinfeld? Isn't that what Newman said he was doing when he decided he wanted to? They were, they were taking recycled bottles up to Michigan because you can get more for a bottle and they're just throwing the mail out. 
<laughs> and they were taking a mail truck up to Michigan from New York. <laughs> but then I also think that right. that it was ridiculous. Yeah, this is this is a Charlotte story. Uh huh. Guy says he saw a postal worker throwing away mail. He found stacks of letters, bills, and statements buried in a trash can inside of the mailroom at this apartment complex. He said, I was shocked. I was upset right as I started pulling this mail out. It was IRS letters, late payments for utilities, stuff like that. I saw a child custody letter from the court system. They never, they they never really just. A lot of times they'll they'll put them in like a creek bed or something. Somebody will go to a creek bed and find like a couple of years worth of this shit. They, but just why would you right burn it? If you want to get rid of it, you don't want it to ever exist. Well, sure. Right? I guess, That's but I guess if you're doing this, you're not that smart to begin with. Probably not. Probably not that yeah. smart at all. Yeah. Yeah. What else? I don't know. I, I, I'm not motivated here today. I don't know what just, it is. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, the weekend's coming up and it's getting warm and you probably have some yard work to do like myself. No, actually, I'm, I'm, I don't have any of that. Although, you know, we're going to a couple concerts this weekend and yeah, stuff like that. Is the, is the big Paul I'm McCartney show this weekend? Yeah. I'm kind of worried about Paul McCartney. Yeah. What is he? He's, he's, is he 80? He's, I think he's close to him. We call him Macca. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, and it's gonna be not. It's gonna be ninety degrees. And I'm not saying that you know that I'm in any better condition than he is, but he's gonna be working hard up there. He's gonna be. Um, he'll be eighty years old in June. Eighty years yeah. young in June. All right. So let's call him eighty here. Yeah. So I'm worried. <laughs> I'm sure they'll hydrate and put an IV in the old boy. Get yeah, up there while he's up, yeah, while he's singing. Of course, get an IV if you. It's like NASCAR. Sometimes they just stick an IV right in you. It's one of those things. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, anyway. Senate has the Senate has overwhelmingly approved forty billion dollars in aid to the Ukraine, despite the protestations of Rand Paul. Uh, this is seen as somewhat of a victory for the Biden administration. The president himself is uh, is on an hearing. Is that correct? Headed to South Korea. Talk to our friends I there. Couldn't hear, I couldn't hear you. It cut out. Oh, sorry. The president, I think, is on an Asian uh, vacation. I think he's headed over to, to South Korea to meet with those guys, talking talking to the, our friends in Asia. That's a vacation, huh? Oh, yeah, it's okay. a bit of a vacation. He's going to eat some uh, uh, bulgogi, some of that delicious chicken, get some Korean barbecue. There's oh, he's, the, and he's going to be staying at, at Sandals uh, 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 Demilitarized Zone, DMZ. It's there, good times. Between the Koreas, they have a Sandals there. Uh, the Senate overwhelmingly approving that $40 billion in aid to the Ukraine. Again, Rand, Rand Paul was not in favor of that and fought vociferously against it. And now the president is visiting some of our Asian uh, folks. Do you think now at this point, we're, we're you've talked about how uncomfortable it makes you to hear Joe Biden speak publicly. At this point, we are two years and change away from the the presidential election. Is, is it time to try? We got we got to make the decision. Is, is this guy going to be the guy that's going to run for president in 2024? Somebody somebody needs to speak to him because in order you know to hit the ground, it's a national that, that campaign. That doesn't work. A national it's campaign. Not happen. Is, I think there's one guy that could talk to him and talk him out of it. He's thinking of running again, and, and this is not the good thing for the country. This is not the good thing for the party. I think if Barack Obama took him aside and said, Joe, it's not going to work. 
we need to call in somebody from the from the bullpen. We've got two years. That's that's a, not a lot of time when it comes to a national campaign. There are people already with tentacles out there, and they're setting up infrastructure to get elected in 2024. I think if Barack Obama took him to the side and said, "This is this," is, he he would listen to Barack Obama. I'm not saying he would do it, but I think that's the guy he would listen to. One, Obama isn't going to do it. <laughs> He's not. And uh, think of Ruth Bader Ginsburg on steroids. Ugh. That's that's Joe Biden. How did that work out? <laughs> doesn't matter. Not well. Not the point. Not well. It doesn't matter. I think it does matter. It I think, I do, think do results we, matter. Do we have a learn? Wait. Do we, have, <laughs> do, we, do we ever learn our lesson in this country? Do we ever not repeat the same mistakes over and over again? Not. It seems like we, we're not good at learning. I think. I think. And, and politicians. I think there's too much. Uh, there's too much ego wrapped up into it for for Biden to step down. I don't. I, I, somebody would, and I'm not saying it's the right decision. I'm not saying it's the right decision for him to step aside. And I don't know who would, I don't know who it would be. I don't know if there's an obvious guy who would be a man or woman who would take that mantle and be the democratic nominee in 2024 and lead this country. I don't know who it would be, but I, I don't know that it's wrong to have the discussion. I need, need somebody a little bit more seasoned, like a 87 year old Bernie Sanders. <laughs> there's the guy. There's the obvious choice. No, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're they're painted into a corner. I think so. They're, they're painted. They painted themselves into a corner on this. Damned, damned if he runs. Damned if he leaves. And he can't say that he's not running because that turns him into a lame duck. Not that there was ever going to be any legislation passed at all, ever. Or not that if a Supreme Court opening occurs that uh there'll even be hearings if the republicans take over the senate again during the next two years uh not that there isn't going to be a hundred percent gridlock anyway but you don't want to have an announced lame duck president in there in a in a one you know if, if he's going to do that he needs to do it like the night before the election oh i'm not doing it and then, <laughs> <laughs> this was a bad idea what was i thinking i'm off the ballot they can't change it that fast right. i i don't know I, that one's way above my pay grade and, and it's not barack obama walking in there and talking sense into joe so that uh someone else can can be the the uh nominee besides him and have an open primary again for the democrats in 2024 2023 going into 2024. Oh boy, imagine that. It's just, uh, there's I, also been the, one of the other things that bothers me so much is so many people that swallowed this um, narrative that Kamala Harris is just awful. There's been a, a pernicious, pervasive narrative that she's just she's terrible and she's not ready for the job. Should something happen to Joe Biden? And I think people have just swallowed that whole. And I just don't kind of understand. I, don't, I can't backtrack where that came from. But it's it's the zeitgeist. It's conventional wisdom. Wait a minute. Hold, hold on a second. You're you're the same guy who, on the previous Brad and Britcast, said in so many words, "There's no way Sherry Beasley can get elected senator mm -hmm. in North Carolina because of uh, 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 yeah, she's black and she's 
she's a woman. It's a double dip. Yeah, it's it's a it's right. misogyny right. and so, racism together. Yeah. So you don't you don't think that whatever you're thinking is the narrative that's out there and all the articles that run nonstop in right wing media and the fact that you know almost daily there's a someone on her staff says she's out of control. She's an angry black woman. Right. I quit. Right. Those are those are all the stories. What's that all? That's all racism. But it's all, all racist. Some of that stuff has bled over into the more "quote unquote" liberal media. I mean, you're they, right. I know. I know you have got that, and this is how it works. This is the yeah. problem. The the uh, "quote unquote" liberal media loses because they either ignore a story, and then, well, they're ignoring it because they don't want to talk about it, or they parrot the story. Mm. They advance the story you can't win you can't win uh, um that's 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 depressing that's depressing i know it's very it's very depressing yeah um, i don't have a lot of i don't have a lot of hope here right now. i don't have, I don't <laughs> have a lot of good maybe 1300 bucks for air conditioning in the damn car has got me no yeah, that, that, that's what's got you is, is it down Oh, uh, you'll you'll what, be happy. I, uh, why would I be worried about thirteen hundred for air conditioning in the car when it's uh, fifty seven hundred for a new fucking driveway? Yeah, sure. <laughs> what of the course. Fuck do I care? Money, money, money falls from the sky. <laughs> yeah, especially now. Especially now. Just, all you all you have to do in order to make up that thirteen hundred dollars is go buy some generic brands at the grocery store, and I think that money will just come back into your pocket. I know it's time flat. You know, you know what's been killing me all these years. I didn't realize it. Buying Heinz ketchup. I could have been buying. <laughs> I could have been buying the, the the house brand all these years. I'd be rich. Everybody's got a everybody's got a line. Like when it comes to groceries, especially like I can't have generic blank. Like it might be ketchup, it might be mustard, it might be some other condiment. Like a a one steak sauce to me, which by God, the inflation on that over the years has been ridiculous. There's nobody's been able to get like a decent store brand of a one steak sauce. I don't care if it's Walmart. I don't care if it's Food Line. I don't care who it is. But there's always like one thing that where you draw the line, you go, whoa, I'll just eat it. I'll pay the extra buck. And I'll get, like you said, the Heinz or the Hunts or the Del Monte. I won't get the store brand. I don't care about ketchup. But ketchup, for the most part, I think is it's pretty close to me for, for my needs and my health, you know, for what I'm, well, what I'm checking out. Of course, I'm joking. It's it's not likely that you buy ketchup every week. No, I don't <laughs> That's, it's one of those ones that you can go high end on it and feel good about yourself and uh, amortize the the ketchup that's uh, $3.10 over the one that's one ninety. that's the house brand. And say, hey, it's going to last me six months anyway. I'm down with it. You know, you can you – a little luxury there. It all goes back to Nixon. Nixon loved ketchup on everything, right? He was a, he was a ketchup fiend. And yeah. I think he was a Heinz 57 guy. Yeah, it, sauce. Yeah, <laughs> he loved he loved well he loved Heinz ketchup. There's a great scene in that Anthony Hopkins in the Oliver Stone movie Nixon, where uh, Pat Nixon is raising hell about Watergate or something, and he rings the bell. Nixon does to get the the guy the butler in there. To, uh, Mrs. Nixon is done with her dinner and get just get her the fuck out of there. And they've got like a big you know a half open bottle of Heinz ketchup right next to his plate because he's putting this shit on everything. It was so historically accurate. <laughs> That reminds me, did, did Trump have a button that he would push where they'd bring him a Diet Coke? All the, yeah. What was that, yeah, what it was, was that it all was, about? Yeah, yeah they bring him, and it was like there was a way you had to present it. 
The guy had to have gloves on. He'd present the thing to him. It was bottled. He would uncap it and he would place the, the un he would place the open bottle next to, to Trump for him to pour it into the glass. There was like a specific there was they they there was like a memo, it was like a nine point thing for however it was, the butler at the White House in order to do the diet code. It was like a nine point they went to great detail so that if if you didn't do it correctly, he'd go nuts. He'd kick your can, ass. Can we finish with with one last thing here? Because it's it's Thursday and the the uh, the PGA golf tournament starts yeah. this day. This whole Jack Nicholas thing really bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm I'm so uh, uh, J- Jack Nicholas reminds me in a way of Bob Hope. Yeah. Okay. Because the whole thing with Bob Hope is over the years he was always buddy buddy with whoever the president was. Didn't matter what party they were. Correct. He he was buddy buddy with them, and and he would joke around with them and do comedy about them, light comedy, Bob Hope kind of comedy. But you know, in his later years, not that late, you know, it was obvious he was he was a Republican. Yeah, he's pretty he was Republican. Republican. Um, and it's like that's what Jack Nicholas has done. Jack Nicholas has been buddy buddy with every president going back to kennedy yeah because that's that's about the length of his professional career back to 1960 or so and uh, you never thought of jack nicholas as any kind of real political figure because he he wasn't but in the last 10 15 years he has revealed his inner republican and it comes out every once in a while it came out when he actually endorsed trump for election and then re-election, which was bad enough. But now to get on the side of uh, Donald Trump as victim, because it was decided not recently, it's been in the, this is like a year, year and a, a couple years, in fact, I think, maybe even early in Trump's presidency, that the, the PGA Tour, which uh, owns this tournament outright, uh, made the decision to pull their marquee namesake tournament, the PGA, yeah. one of the big four, off of Trump's fucking golf course in New Jersey right. there. Right. And and put it, I guess it's in Tulsa or somewhere like that. And uh, you remember the the stink that was made of it back then for about yeah. a minute? Yeah. But, but I remember us saying the same thing. First of all, the PGA has the right to put the tournament on the moon if they want to. They have to put it at at Trump's uh, uh, course, and it was thought, well, this is going to hurt golf. Who's going to want to golf if uh, the, that that was stupid, right? And here comes Jack Nicholas, long retired now, um, yapping about how he thinks the PGA is wrong for going political. And uh, taking away the tournament from Donald Trump's course because they don't agree with his politics. That, yeah, right. That's what it is. They just don't agree. How about maybe we shouldn't have our golf tournament at the course owned by a guy who, and remember, they made this change years ago, but now it's even more easy to make the case. We shouldn't have our tournament at the course owned by a guy who tried to overturn the election 
and overthrow democracy in the United States of America. We don't think that's a good look for golf. What is the argument against that? What is the defense of that, Jack Nicholas? What is that? I don't know. It's embarrassing. It's sad. It's it's really, really sad that he would Yeah. You, know, you may think that, but that's something you ought to just fucking keep to yourself, Jack. He says he was offered hundred million bucks to be the face of this new Saudi golf tour, which is threatening That's kind side, of a, it's a different story. And I guess we're bit. supposed to say, well, what, what integrity Jack has <laughs> good for him. This you know? is a threatening to throw. This is threatening to blow the PGA up. I guess this is really kind of causing a split among the guys on tour as to whether they're going to go with this one or with that one. Um, and a lot of them just going with the money. I did, I did hear an interview uh, on De- Dan Levitard's podcast about the guy who just wrote the book about uh, Phil Mickelson and all of the gambling that he's done and stuff like that. It was pretty, it's very, it's pretty interesting. And Phil Mickelson. Well, the, Nick, but Nicholas is in a, in a race with, uh, with Mickelson right now yeah. for biggest dick golfer. Yeah. Uh, he does gain some points here for turning down the money. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, besides the fact that he turned it down, which is the right thing to do, uh, obviously he doesn't need the money. Um, imagine what that would look like right now, how bad it would look if he were the spokesperson for this. You, you couldn't find any current player to be the, uh, the, the symbol of your, your, your new golf venture. You had to find a guy who's in his eighties who, is basically a historic figure now for you know anybody under the age of you know, fifty. Exactly. Uh, they never saw him play. You know, right. It's, like, it's it's the it's the Bill Russell problem. It is okay, except it's in golf. Um. Really, Jack Nicholas. So so to, what what are they going to do now? Who who are they going to now? Gary Player. Oh well, he's from South Africa. He'll do anything. He'll go oh, in. What does that mean? Well, I think Mickelson. What does that mean? And by the way, I I just like to once again point out that Vince McMahon and WWE were way ahead of these guys in whoring themselves out as spokesperson for Saudi propaganda. They, they've been over there several times. They've got this plan that the the Saudis have been uh, putting forth as being sort of the new Saudi Arabia, and the WWE has been well involved with their propaganda and spreading it. So these go, these guys, especially like and Phil Mickelson, has admitted, oh yeah, they murdered that Khashoggi guy. I mean, he was he was completely murdered by him, but he's still going to take the money. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, it kind of bothers me, but I'm still I'm still going to get paid, right? I got to send you this. I I could talk about it now if you want. It's titled "Pro Wrestling Could Teach Democrats How to Win." <laughs> yes, I'd love to hear some of this. And the, the the author is a guy you may have seen him on uh, MSNBC or seen him, Kurt Kurt Bardella. Okay. Who um, he he used to be a Republican, and uh, he he long ago left that left that ship. Um, but he's obviously a big big fan of wrestling. Mm-hmm. He starts it off by saying, "In the '80s, one of the greatest rivalries was between Nature Boy Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. Flair, That's the great. champion, represented greed is good, flaunting his thousand dollar suits, alligator shoes, and Rolex watches. Rhodes was the working man, the son of a plumber, overweight, blue collar, plain spoken, kind of like uh, what's his name in Pennsylvania? Yeah, John right? Fetterman. John Fetterman. He's the he's the Fetterman." Every night across the country, fans would show up in droves in the hopes that Dusty would get the better of the self-professed dirtiest player in the game. In Dusty, fans had somebody 
they could relate to and root for in Flair, fans saw the way the elite and privileged could hold their hero down. I'll send it to you. I'll send it. It's great. You'll, and then you'll they, like they, it he goes on to time looking at the article now. He goes on to talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin against Mr. McMahon, which was the biggest money drawing uh, angle in the history of wrestling in the, in the 90s during the huge boom period and how yeah. Democrats need to hang out. I agree with that. I mean, that's, that's how you got to do it. That's how, that's how you got to do it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the James Carville take on, on, on all this, too. So when you uh, were what, what what? When you were watching Vin, when you were watching Stone Cold Steve Austin on Monday nights kick Vince McMahon's ass, it was like everybody in America was able like I wish I could go in there and I wish I could beat the shit out of my boss. I just wish that could happen. And then, you know, and that's why it was so popular. 